Welcome to the Attract and Energize podcast. I'm Allie Bauer, a student dedicated to creating the happiest and most fulfilled version of myself. In sharing my environmental, fitness, personal development, and mental health experiences, I aim to unite and inspire a community of motivated individuals to take action and embrace all that excites them. No matter where you are in your journey, I'm here to support you and help you find the positive in every day. It's been a minute since I recorded, but I'm just finishing up my first term at Dartmouth College, and today we're going to be speaking with one of my best friends here, Sarah Usher. Sarah, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm from Boulder, Colorado, 19, and um, I'm also a freshman here at Dartmouth College. Um, I guess fun facts about my life here at college is I am a member of the Dartmouth EMS, and one of the all-female acapella groups here oh, on campus, yeah. the, the subtleties. Fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, how, how has your mental health been here, and in general? Um, I think overall a lot better than it has been in the past. Um, I, as you know, hit my head the senior, or the second semester of my senior year, which um, ended up, you know, causing... Like post-concussion depression, which led to a diagnosis of bipolar 2, um, which just during my gap year was a lot to work through, but I'm really glad I took a year off, especially yeah. during COVID, to, you know, focus on mental health, but also having a bunch of really cool job opportunities and meeting people that I would not have met otherwise that have become a really important part of my life. But since coming here, I, um, I have a single here, and I think that was a little bit concerning to me off the bat because I was worried that if if need be, I would isolate myself, but I'm very fortunate to have met you and the other people on our floor that yes. are always, like, knocking on my door to come hang out or go do something, so I can have my space when I need it, but I've also not really been allowed to go, you know, have a not-okay day by myself where I could spiral. It's like, everyone's right. always checking in, and I can't, that's not to say that I can't have that space if I need it and need to have some time by myself, but everyone's always there for you if you do need it, which I think is a beautiful thing about people being open about mental health. Yeah, our whole floor, we got so lucky. Everyone is super, super close and just like very honest and real with each other. I feel like when you live together, it's kind of hard not to be, especially we are, um, we are in the nicest dorms on campus. (laughs) Super nice. Just kidding. We're in like one of the worst freshman dorms. So it's kind of a community bonding thing. So if the weather's bad or something, we're all just in one room and we just, we just talk a lot and it's super nice. And I feel like, like you said, if you ever need anything, you know, you have people because in this environment, you're always with people. And like you said, you can take your space if you want it. But it's definitely nice to have the option. Totally on another note, do you want to speak a bit about something that you're proud of or something that you like to do outside of school? Yeah. I would say something I'm most proud of is who I've grown into and kind of finally coming to terms with who I am as a person, as a, as a student, as a friend, um, as a sibling. Um, I think... It took a lot of years to hit my stride with being comfortable in my own skin. Uh, Like, Allie has seen pictures of 
me as a child and like complete tomboy wearing you know my dad's ties that went down to my knees so Um, cute (laughs) (laughs) and then kind of hitting middle school where everyone was like super clicky socially and kind of it you know everyone's starting to hit puberty and it's like this expectation to fit into two categories yeah um and I kind of felt like I needed to do a complete 180 which was um really hard mentally and socially I think yeah so then finally like my senior year and uh my gap year like exploring gender identity and that kind of thing and coming to terms with like it's okay to not know for a little bit yes. and to um wear whatever the heck I want yeah. and have people just know me for that's actually one of the things I think here one of the things I'm most proud of is I don't feel like I've had to change who I am at all in front of anyone like I've just given people my wholehearted true self and you know if they don't like that or we don't hit it off it's fine like there's there's enough people here that you do find your people, and even if your people aren't the people you're going to spend time with for the next four years, like, it's totally good to be, you know, grateful for those people while you have them. Yeah, I think that's totally beautiful. Super, super proud of you. Was it, when did you cut your hair? I cut my hair, um, the winter of my senior year. Um, I had, you know, finally started to do a little bit more experimenting with my fashion again like instead of you know wearing like leggings and a t-shirt or whatever which was kind of expected and you know that's still what's popular and it's great but like it I really felt uncomfortable in tight clothing yeah and I had to like wear a back brace on top of it so just like throwing everything for for a loop um so I like had I think my senior year I finally started experimenting with fashion that I felt a little bit more comfortable in. Um, I've been told it was very preppy, but that's okay. That is okay. Um, you look so good, by the way. Thank you. Everyone always just like in college we we were a diverse range of things. For example, PJs to bow ties. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Sometimes I'm feeling great. I'll go um, to the gym before school. I'll, like, get nice and dressed up. I might even put on some makeup before class. Other days, I roll up 10 minutes before class, fully throw on, like, nothing. Like, I'm, I'm wearing my pajamas. Like, that's that's what has to happen. Yeah. But every single day, Sarah has an amazing outfit on. And we always joke that she's, like, our um, professor. Because you kind of do dress yeah. like a professor. And it's, like, the most adorable thing in the whole world. Well, thank you. Yeah, so I then uh, cut my hair my the winter break of my senior year and came back, and I felt a lot more comfortable having long hair. was I think I just got to the point where I was wearing it up so much that I was like, this is just a nuisance, and it's annoying. Right, I was like, yeah. well, I might as well try short hair, and I cut my hair off, and it was definitely an adjustment, but it felt like it felt like a lot more like me. Good. Was it was it scary making that decision? Did you think you were going to regret it? I was a little bit worried I was going to regret it, but it was like, hair grows back. That's so true. And it yeah. would take a long time, but it would grow back. Um, and I knew, I like, I don't know, I just kind of felt like I was ready for a change. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of change happening in my life at the time with, you know, college applications and all this uncertainty of the future. It was like that weird moment where you hadn't heard back from colleges yet. And like everything was in everyone else's hands. And it was like just kind of the last factor in me being like, why not? 
Yeah. Like, there's nothing to lose, really. And yeah. I, um actually spent a lot of time like looking at different haircuts like talking about it with my friends and my family and everyone was like why not so I I did it and uh I think it was a shock to some people a lot of people came up to my friends at school and then were immediately like oh my god is Sarah gay and it's like that shouldn't be the deciding yeah. factor and that's you know I'm so much more than who I like uh-huh which was unfortunate but like I felt a lot better, I think, and a lot more confident, so. Yeah, you know how many inches you took off? Oh my gosh. Um, Probably a lot, right? You've seen the pictures of, uh, like, my senior, or my junior prom, my hair was down, like, halfway down my back. Yes. So I took easily, I mean, it was, I was slowly starting to cut it shorter to the point where it was just, like, just below my shoulders, but, like, two really short it was probably at least 12 inches probably that went probably more honestly yeah i've Mm -hmm. donated 12 and i've always had hair um longer than my shoulders wow so i i bet it was more than that yeah it was a lot of hair yeah next you want to talk about music in your life you said you're part of an acapella group um you want to chat a bit about that or like any other musical experiences you've had sure um when I was uh, four, my mom wanted me to start playing an instrument of some sort. When she she is a Polish immigrant and uh, grew up in socialist Poland, and you know our family didn't have much, but then when they moved to the U.S., uh, they had like two hundred bucks in a suitcase each, and my mom worked three jobs throughout high school, um, and couldn't. She always wanted to take piano, and she could. Her family could never afford piano lessons, so. You know, she kind of had this goal that her kids would be able to have that opportunity and play music because she'd just grown up listening to a lot of classical piano because her family uh, knew that she loved it so much and it was just like a huge part of um, her learning. And I think through that she kind of decided she wanted her kids to be able to take music lessons and have that be kind of a shaping part of um, their upbringing. Um, so she said we had to play music, but that we would be able to choose what we wanted it to be. So I don't know. I don't actually remember. I think I went to a concert and like saw someone play the violin. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I started playing violin at age four. Wow. um, That's young. On a tissue box with a like paper towel roll attached to the end of it. Oh my gosh. And like learned how to hold it and learned how to stand properly. And then started on a one sixteenth size violin. This is adorable. Yeah, it was adorable. And then um, I played until my uh, the end of my senior year of high school where I did a, a big senior solo to graduate the program. I was did the Suzuki program through Boulder Suzuki Strings and had the same teacher for 14 years. Wow. And then uh, graduated. I played piano for a few years in there as well. Um, I went on tour with my violin group to Costa Rica, my sophomore spring break wow oh we my gosh. rehearsed for a year and we had a whole set list of the choreography and um i was the, uh, somehow ended up being the most proficient member that in spanish that went so i ended up like after concerts we talked to the locals in these small villages and none of them spoke english so i would translate for some of the other performers and you know it was like one of the first concerts that they'd ever seen so they'd come and they'd like ask for our autographs and that kind oh of thing oh my gosh yeah, so... Wow, that's so special. It was really special. Um, and that's kind of when it all started. I had to actually 
I really didn't like violin when I first started. Like, it was frustrating. I hated practicing. Yeah. I'd have arguments with my mom, and, like, in middle school, I was like, I hate this. I want to quit. And my mom was like, you're playing until you graduate <laughs> high school, and then it's up to you. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like, I haven't played violin as much since graduating, but uh, I think I will always have it as part of my life. And if I hadn't learned the skills I learned from violin, I would have never been able to learn piano as easily or you know I ended up teaching myself ukulele for that tour actually and um I've taught myself guitar as well and then I've always loved to sing and yes you're so good oh you're so sweet I'm your biggest fan thank you but uh here I'd always wanted to be part of a choir but I was always an orchestra so I never had time to take choir as well um so I'd never auditioned for singing at all and over my gap year I took singing lessons for like two months and absolutely loved it, and came here, and knew the acapella groups were competitive, and I was like, there's no way I'm getting in. They're so good. I was like, there's no way, and then two guys on our floor were like, we're auditioning too, you should totally come. It's like, I don't know, it's really scary, and they were like, just come and do it, and Mm -hmm. then I got a call back, and then I got into a group, but it was insane. It's been uh, one of the best parts of my Dartmouth experience so far. They have push me out of my comfort zone in all the best ways. They've been so supportive. I've met a lot of people I don't think I would have met otherwise throughout my Dartmouth time, so I'm really grateful for them and being able to have music in my life in some way. Yes. If it Even if it can't be violin. Um, just being able to sing and perform is really nice. Yeah, that's incredible. I remember how stressful that was for you. Auditioning I was so nervous. Yeah. Yeah, and also... Just, you'd not find out for a while, so you just assume that you'd not get in. Yeah. And it was a whole ordeal, but I'm so glad it worked out, because I genuinely have so much fun watching you. Aw, thank you. My favorite things here are probably watching the acapella groups Mm -hmm. and the dance groups. Dance groups are great. They're so good. It just, watching live performances, I really did not appreciate them enough until coming here. Yeah. It's just... Even though we're in, like, a random frat basement or whatever, it's so moving. It is. And just to see all these people who I know from school and stuff and realize that they're so talented and multifaceted, sometimes I have no idea. Like, do you remember when we heard that one person sing Walking in Memphis? Yes. And I had seen him around. I know he's friends with all my friends. I had no idea he could sing. And I, my mouth dropped when he started singing. (laughs) I just had no idea. And it's just super cool to learn things about people like that. That's one of the things I love about people here is it's not, let me tell you about me, myself, and I, and here's my resume with a cover letter. It's like, you know, you chat a little bit, and then you go to these performances, and you see that they're, you know, these incredible dancers that have actually been training for, like, at least 10 years, and you're like, what the hell? Or, um, like, we have someone on our floor who's really involved in... The Indian dance group. I'm yes. like, that is so cool. We all went to the Diwali ceremony. Oh, yeah, so pretty. And yeah. it was it was spectacular. And it was cool because also, I think Dartmouth does a pretty good job of including the Hanover community and things. So yes. it was like, it wasn't Tons just Dartmouth. People. It was like people from all throughout the Upper Valley. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was super cool. And I'm just so happy we went, yeah. honestly, even though it was... It was <laughs> Kind of funny, because our, our whole floor went. We looked kind of out of place. Yeah. We, a lot of people were dressed up and stuff like that, and a lot of us came from classes or practices or something like that, but it was a super cool experience, and our friend who was in the dance group was so good. It is just so fun to watch people you know. Yeah. I just totally, totally love it. 
Um, so you talked about your Spanish. Um, I know you take German too because yeah. I take German. You're in a German class right now, possibly um, major slash minor. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But yeah, do you want to chat a bit about how languages have helped shape your passion for travel and culture? Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned a little bit, my mom grew up in Poland, so um, ever since I was born, she pretty much only speaks in Polish to me. Uh, my dad's from Connecticut and speaks nothing but English, so um, I grew up in a bilingual household, and um my uncle and my cousins live in Warsaw, so we would tra- travel there like every two or three years to go visit them, and uh, my grandparents don't speak much English, so I was kind of forced to learn how to speak Polish from a long- young age without even realizing it, because yeah. I just had to speak to my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so traveling, and I, I mean, I grew up in London, so kind of having, I think, Obviously, I don't remember much of the travel I did as a young kid, but um, being able to go back to Warsaw and travel a little bit around Europe, and we went to go visit them, and we have some friends in Germany, I always just had this passion for language and loved, especially after that Costa Rica trip, how close I got with some people in the community, and it was just like, through music, we had this shared interest, but I could apply a language that you know, seems a little bit mundane in a classroom Mm -hmm. to really communicate with people. And I think sometimes language can feel like such a barrier. And as um, an American culture, we kind of just have this expectation that everyone else is going to learn English, which is so Mm self-centered. And it's just kind of closes us off from a lot of cultures and opportunities. Yeah, especially because a lot of people here have the resources and access to learn other languages. Yeah, they just don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always loved traveling and just listening to different languages and hear how they sound. And you know, Rush or uh, Polish being a Slavic language, it you know just being in Poland or you know hearing people speak Russian, it's it's all relatively similar. So just listening to little nuances of each language I've it's always just been kind of something that is of curiosity to me and I always want to learn more so I might actually end up taking French here as well I'm not sure yet but you should yeah I, I would really like to oh my gosh amazing how do you like your um German class right now I really like it it's uh proved to be a little bit challenging yes I uh basically the way languages work at uh Dartmouth which is one of the reasons I chose Dartmouth um, is you take a placement test before you come here, um, or you can send in AP scores to place out. Um, but basically they have languages that usually start at level one and then it goes one, two, three. And after you complete your third term of language, then you're done with the language requirement, but then it goes into the 10 levels. That's kind of like the intro to the rest of your language career at Dartmouth potentially. And it's usually, um, kind of like a standard seminar class just taught in a different language so my german class is to be young in german so we kind of talk about childhood in germany from um like the early 1900s late 1800s to present day um and have a lot of discussions about like what you know pre-world war one versus pre-world war two childhood versus you know during the war uh to modern day german society what it's like being a young person 
in Germany, which is, it's fascinating, and there's, like, a little bit of grammar in there as well, but we're learning how to read. Yeah. And, you know, we write essays pretty frequently in German. So, it's, um, I really like it. I wish I had started out a level below, because I feel like some of the foundations I had in public school German were not sufficient enough. I, I placed out of a year in German in high school from going to Germany for two weeks and taking a language course part-time. Like, that shouldn't be the case. I shouldn't take German for two weeks and be able to place out an entire year. Like Right. Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> so I kind of feel like I played the system a little bit in high school, and that's kind of come back to bite me a little bit, because uh, my grammar knowledge is really lacking. Okay, but the, I feel that, yeah. But the way German is taught here in the first three levels, um, which I wish I had started out in the third as opposed to, you know, the intro the rest of the German department, is um, with the hot seat tile and you go to drill in the mornings, yes. which is kind of something that's expected on top of class. And you have a drill instructor who sits and puts you in a hot seat and basically quizzes you on grammar, on conjugations. And it seems brutal and kind of scares a lot of people, I think, initially, but it works. And that's one of, uh, Dartmouth is one of the most successful language programs in the country because it's just like, if you if you take the introductory first three classes, like you will be proficient on the language by right. the time you're done. You have to. The the drill groups too are extremely small, to my knowledge. So yeah. there's no hiding. Yeah, there isn't. <laughs> it's like you all sit in a circle and there's maximum like ten of you, I think. Yes. I think I think it's nine or ten is the max. Yeah. I'm taking German two. That'll in, be great. Yeah, in the yeah. winter. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm I'm really excited. Good. The German department's supposed to be super, super good, but... Tough. They're fantastic. They're yeah. t- they, like, expect a lot of you. Most of them are, um, grew up in Germany. And German people just have, I don't know, they have a, they have high expectations, yes. I think. Yeah, but we're so lucky to have that. They're great, yeah. I've not interacted with one person I don't like in the German department. The, oh, I'm so glad. The profs are incredible. Yeah, I'll definitely check back in in winter and let everyone know how it's going. (laughs) But I think we should move on. Yes. And I would love to hear your definition of happiness Mm. and how you plan to achieve it. Also, on this note, there is a boy on our floor um, named Tristan, and he asks people this question all of the time. Mm. And it's honestly been really interesting to hear people's answers. Um... So, yeah, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. My, um, I, I don't know, that's, like, I feel like there's, I don't know if there is a definition to, to happiness. I think it depends on each person. And I think, you know, the, the way he phrases it, it's like this long lost thing that he's searching. Yes. Which I think defeats the purpose. Because right. it feels like you're searching for this unattainable thing in the future. Right. To attract happiness is different than to chase it. Yeah. And if you're chasing it, I feel like you are never going to find it. Mm. Yeah. So I think in that sense, happiness for me includes a lot of different things. I don't know if I have a definition, but I know I feel the most happy, happiest when I'm surrounded by uh, people I love and who love me. I feel very happy when I have music in my life, like when I'm singing or, you know, playing guitar. That is some of the happiest moments. Um, I think for me, actually, a large part of happiness has been that kind of 
inner peace I feel of feeling like I've finally come to terms with just being me and it you know letting myself be me in every situation um but you know that's not to say that you can't be happy if you have bad days I think there's expectation that happy people are happy all the time that's just not sustainable yeah especially living with people now I think I've seen every single person on our floor having a bad day and some of these people are so happy and successful and just all around doing well and we all have those moments yeah for sure who has helped you become who you are today because you said that you you've gone through a lot of changes and experimenting and it's really really cool to see you now at a place where you feel confident that you you are who you are if that makes sense yeah I think there's a lot of people I I would say um each person who has come into my life has shaped me in a different way um I feel like a big sponge sometimes. I really can feel people's emotions really strongly, and I feel like people have a strong impact on my life, whether they know it or not. And it's something I've had to work on to kind of set boundaries and um, that kind of thing, and, you know, not taking on everyone's problems or not having to feel super... Like, if people used to tell me their problems, I would feel so so empathetic to the point where if they were hurting I was hurting too yeah um I can definitely relate to that yeah as you know yeah (laughs) so I think in that sense everyone who has come into my life has contributed to who I am today in some form but I think the people who have contributed most are my um are my family especially my parents and my two younger brothers who uh just love me no matter what but also have this expectation Uh, they don't even have expectations and they tell me that all the time but just the way our family works like I I just want to I I don't know as a person I like succeeding whether that's you know feeling happy or um, doing something that I'm proud of um, and knowing that they're right behind me and proud as well I always want to be like my dad as a kid yeah, um, that's adorable. Yeah. You are the same person. Yeah, we are, we're really similar. Um, but also, like, the just love and care my mom has always had. She uh, was work- – both my parents were working full-time, and then when we moved to the United States, my mom decided to um, be a stay-at-home mom for a while. And, you know, my dad traveled a lot for work. And, you know, he was still the guy I looked up to all the time, but my mom was there through everything all the time. And my family was always there through me, for me throughout, you know, some mental health stuff, throughout troubles at school if I had any. You know, they were just always there loving me and wanting to help. So I think they influenced me a lot. I think um, my best friend from middle school has had a big influence in my life. He's been there through every big up and down. And, you know, we could not talk for six months and catch up. And it's like... Nothing has changed, and I know he loves me, and I love him a lot, too. That's the best. Yeah. Really good guy. Um, and his family as well. Like a yeah. second family to me. And uh, I would actually say my ex-girlfriend um, has had a huge impact on my life. Like, my gap year was tough. Senior year of high school was tough, but um, she was there through it all, and 
loved me no matter what and um, had such a positive impact on my life and showed me what loving someone like that means. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. You want to talk a bit more about your gap year? Yeah, sure. Um, like I mentioned a little bit, like the first um, semester was definitely a little bit more mental health focused and yeah. spending time with my family. My brothers are nine and 12, so a lot younger than I am. So it was good to have an extra year home with them um, and get to know them a little better because I'd been so busy throughout high school that it had been hard to uh, spend enough time with them. Um, but then second semester, I um, worked at, uh, actually, I'll back up a little bit. In the summer, I was um, a receptionist at a barbershop, of all things. And then um, I worked in fine dining um, at this really cool restaurant. Uh, plug, go check out Aragosta in Deer Isle, Maine. Fantastic chef, uh, Devin Finnegan, who's an awesome boss. And then um, the whole staff there is incredible. And then I came back to Boulder and took some time off. And then in the new year, I was a manager of a local bakery um, and kind of learned a little bit about how a small business works um, and did a lot of their wholesale orders. So interacted with like um, a lot of big grocery stores and casinos and hotels, stuff like that. And helping make sure deliveries and production were up to par, that kind of thing. And then I happened to get a veterinary internship as well, which changed my life. Um, I had thought I wanted to be a vet and then took a course at Cornell and thought it was interesting, but didn't think the lifestyle was for me. Um, I didn't see myself being happy with, um, being an equine veterinarian so I kind of put it on the back burner and then was applying crazy for jobs just like one after another wasn't really getting anything it was middle of COVID people weren't really hiring um and then like on a job site I saw a veterinary assistant and I was like oh a new vet clinic opened up down the street why am I give my resume anyway long story short started volunteering and then got taken on as um an assistant and ended up doing, you know, I would basically function as a nurse and go in and ask people questions about their pet and then go relay the information to the doctor and come in and take notes for the doctor and just absolutely fell in love with the people, fell in love with the lifestyle of having each workday being so different and, um, I don't know, it's just like one of my passions now and I really you know science is hard but I yes hope it works out because it made me so truly happy oh I'm so happy I feel like you can definitely tell that you love animals yeah anywhere we go if we see a dog Sarah's like can we pet the dog <laughs> and it's like the cutest thing ever um also with the whole women in STEM thing we both can attest since I am in um likely environmental earth sciences, um, that whole department, and being a woman in STEM is definitely hard, but it's definitely rewarding. Not even just a woman in STEM. STEM's just hard in general, yeah. honestly, but it's it's a good type of challenging, I feel like. And I, that's like, 
actually, you know, I was really, really scared coming into STEM uh, at a place like Dartmouth. STEM yeah. in general, but STEM in a place like Dartmouth and science for me in, in high school was always kind of a miserable experience. And um, I ended up taking a biology class here with a wonderful professor and I like fell in love with science again. I'm so glad. And found so many students. Like, I've talked to so many pre-med students here, and it's such a collaborative environment. Like, I was a little bit scared. It was going to be super competitive. No one would want to, you know, study with you, help you out. You know, I have two incredible TAs who would run these study sessions, and everyone would be laughing and working together and just trying to figure it out. And the prof was so involved and really, really cared about all of us. And it just, like, reignited my passion for science and that, like, if I really end up wanting to be a vet, I like I, I know I can do it yeah. and have people to support me along the way, and that's huge for me. Yeah, you so can. And also, we had a whole situation in the beginning of the year when you did not know what to do since you wanted to be pre-vet, but Dartmouth does not have a pre-vet program, but it sounds like you kind of figured it out. Um, and it, what's really tough is that, Sarah, I'll let you talk about this, but her advisor um was kind of like oh we don't have a program like that stinks like maybe this isn't the school for you that's literally what was stated but something to really take away from this is that persistence is really important because sarah found a group yeah and things are going well i mean i'll let you talk about it but it sounds like you you really figured that out yeah so basically i yeah since eighth grade like dartmouth was my dream school and i was like oh so so psyched when everything worked out and then uh I, I knew they didn't really have a pre-vet program but I was like nah it's okay it doesn't interest me and then I had the you know the internship over my gap year and I was like wow I love this um and went to talk to my advisor who told me basically why why the hell aren't you at Cornell and then went to talk to the dean because I was a little bit down about that and the dean was like oh I was gonna ask the same question oh, why no. aren't you there and it was just kind of really demoralizing but then Talked to my uh, first year trip leader, actually. He's like, that's that's not true. I have friends who are in the pre-vet society. Let me hook you up with them. I went and talked to my bio prof, and he's like, that's BS. I'm the advisor of the pre-vet society, and my daughter's a vet. And this, that, and the other thing. And he goes, you can totally do it. And I went and talked to the pre-health people who were like, there's not that many here, but there are pre-vets, and you can do it. And there are some very successful veterinarians that come through Dartmouth. Um so don't worry about it. Yeah. Basically. For and sure. So it's, it. I mean, when I tell you that the pre-vet society, like the people who go to the meetings consistently, there's like eight of us. Yeah. For f- out of four years of a school of 4,000 people. But that's okay. And it's fine. Like the only, uh, basically the biggest issue here is that uh, all the prereqs for vet school, some of those courses are just s- straight up not offered here. Yeah. So I'm going to have to take some online courses through either Purdue or Cornell or something like that, but... Yeah. I mean, you figure it out, and you don't actually have to get all your prereqs done by the time you graduate, and I think the beautiful part about liberal arts is, like, you can take advantage of so many different kinds of learning and find a path that works the best for you, and I think, especially lately, I felt, like, a little bit backed into a corner with pre-med, because everyone's laid out your schedule and what you have to take already, and it's, like, just learning to live in the moment a little bit and take advantage of what I can. Yeah, I love that. And also, I just really appreciate the way that when both your advisor and who was the other person? The dean. The dean. That's brutal. Yeah. When they're both like, <laughs> oh, like, 
Why are you at Cornell? <laughs> like, that's that's tough to hear. Yeah. So that's really, really amazing that you were still able to continue going to other people um, and asking about it. Because honestly, with most things, even if you don't really think it can happen or you don't really think it exists, like, if you look close enough, it probably does. It really does. And that's, you know, the beauty of it being a small school, but big enough that there there is diversity and there's a lot of interest here so if you really you know want to find people who have similar interests or even start something yourself like all of that is available here yes oh my gosh totally i personally think that we should start a dance workout (laughs) non-team club because today we were doing dance workouts in our dorm common room and it was the highlight of our day it was so funny it was amazing it was a crack up it was a good workout it was like good to get some dancing in Allie knows I cannot dance I have no rhythm I have no rhythm but it was so much fun it was so much fun I'm just so lucky that I have people who will do that with me I mean we looked terrible we I was in my pajamas I, like, my hair, oh my gosh, my hair was in the biggest, in shambles, biggest rasmus it's ever been in, and I was just not even caring, like, I was just Mm. genuinely having such a good time, like, dancing around and, like, being, being free with people, I don't know, it's just, it feels really easy, especially now that I've gotten to know people, it's, it's super nice, because I feel like they won't judge me, and we can just do whatever we want that's the one thing I feel like I've really like people there are people here who just love you for who you are yeah and like no questions asked and you could just be crackheads no questions asked and I think the pressure cooker of the 10-week term definitely is hard but it brings you close and for some people that's not their experience and that's totally fine but I think we've really lucked out and it can be a little crazy because there is there are so many opportunities here to take advantage of they can be a little overwhelming and hard to balance everything like right I tried joining biathlon and climbing and that's just been difficult crew. with everything oh my god crew yeah oh no not that nightmare not the nightmare but it's like you figure it out and you find a balance and you find the things that are most important to you and you find things that you thought you'd never try yeah I didn't know I'd be shooting a gun at college yeah 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 it's super cool so, overall, how would you rate your Dartmouth experience? What do you think so far? And how is your transition period? It is super cheesy to say 10 out of 10. Oh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 11 out of 10. Because I, I really struggled over my gap year seeing people going off to college and saying, you know, everything was great. I had the best experience ever. And then you come back and you hear they had, like, the most miserable experience. And I was kind of worried that's what college was going to be like, but I think COVID had a big factor with that. And, you know, some people didn't feel ready for college, that kind of thing. Totally. I think, you know, that is not to say my experience has been perfect. Like, the first three weeks were really tough. The adjustment period was really difficult being away from home. It was really hard adjusting to crew. Crew was a really bad adjustment for me. Um, And luckily, I had the courage to just stand up to the coach and be like I'm not doing this I have to take some time off um and that's the best decision I've made yeah um since being here and I think since then like end of week three it's just been this upward trajectory of figuring out what works for me and knowing that I can do it and finding people that support me and love me for my quirky self and my interests and really wholeheartedly support me in those interests and 
it's been an incredible experience. And I think I was, I was really worried to be independent because my family is a very tightly knit unit. Yes. Um, especially with COVID, we spent 24-7 around each other. So to reach a point where I really like my independence and it's great being around people all the time, the fact that I can just, you know, take a moment for myself or just feel okay being alone has been a big step for me. And so overall, I would say Dartmouth experience has been really great overall. I think that is not the case for everyone, mm-hmm. and that's okay. I think it's okay to have a longer adjustment period. Especially, who knows? yeah, first term freshman year. And who knows what winter term is going to have in store. It's the Arctic Circle. It is the Arctic Circle. <laughs> I'm already struggling with the fact that it's dark by 4.30. I know. Like, it's really difficult. Yeah, for sure. But um, overall, I think a really positive experience. I'm really grateful for the people I met here. I'm really ex- grateful for the experiences I've had. And I'm so, so grateful for the learning that happens here because it is learning that excites me and I know I've always loved to learn but it was always really hard in high school when I was taking classes that I just didn't enjoy yes with teachers who didn't really care sometimes yeah so to be in a place where this is their lifestyle like these professors are incredible they do so much for us my sex gender and society teacher actually lives in New York City and for those who don't know Dartmouth is in New Hampshire He commutes twice a week. He drives all the way from New York City to go to my class. He stays there for three days. We have two meetings, Monday and Wednesday, every week. And then he drives back down. I mean, that... That's huge. That is a huge commitment. But he does it because he genuinely loves teaching. And he's so passionate about what he does. Yep. I've found that with... All my professors, and I think there's definitely duds in there, but the majority here... Duds. <laughs> there's some duds. But I think the majority here love what they do. Yes. And really, really are are passionate about helping us all learn. And I just love the drive people have here for learning. Yes. Especially out of the classroom. Like, obviously, you're going to be learning in the classroom. But the stuff I've learned from just people, specifically Ashla... Mm. Just in the sense that Ashla is Jane and has taught me so much about that philosophy. I am someone who is not, and I talked about this in a previous podcast, I'm not overly religious. I would say I'm more so spiritual, but she's taught me a lot about um, Jainism and Buddhism, and it's just been super cool to hear the way she thinks and why she thinks that way. And it's opened up my mind to a lot of things, and I would absolutely love to get her on the podcast. But just learning stuff like that, that I just had no no former um, experience with or, like, perspective, um, is so cool. Just because I did not ever consider certain things just because I don't know about them. Yeah. No, you're, you're totally right. I think it's been incredible to just hear what people have to say about different things and there's so many diverse opinions and topics but everyone here is so interested like there's a guy on our floor I was talking with whose passion is physics but he wants to teach and it's like absolutely incredible to see these people light up about things that make them happy and it's sometimes these just random unexpected things and it's it's so beautiful but also realizing like we're all just normal people like we all have these like funny quirky passions or things we really want to do with our lives but like we have a great time too we spend a lot so of time true. in the outdoors 
Yeah, I was actually really worried before coming here that everyone was going to be crazy smart and that was it. But there are so many reasons people are here. Like, sure, some people got here for academics, but I would say the majority didn't. People, I mean, obviously they're smart. I think there's like a, there's, <laughs> there's a threshold of like, everyone here is just smart. Right. But there's so many, there's so much more to that. They're than not just, just like, smart. Yeah. Right. I, it's it's everything else that puts it over the edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the all the super great personalities, all of the all of the talents and interests. Mm. Honestly, like there's there's a kid um, on our floor who has a startup and it didn't work. I think he said, but like still doing a startup. That's that's so so cool, especially because I mean he's twenty now, but I think he was like eighteen when he did it. Yeah, so super cool. Uh, Before we wrap up, I think we should just talk a little bit about our friendship and maybe like a favorite memory. Oh my god, that's so cute. Um, (laughs) I met Allie on day one when I was moving in to my dorm. I was horrified. I was like, oh my god, the college experience. I'm so nervous. And I think you walked by my room and I'd seen that there were climbing shoes out in the hallway. They were mine, yeah. Yeah, and you walked, you walked by with Trent and Elena. Yes, and love. you were like, "Hi, like this is who we are," and you were just so bubbly and so sweet. And my mom, I remember this distinctly. She turned to me and she goes, "See, you'll find your people here." Oh. And I was like, "Because you asked me if you, I wanted to go to the climbing gym with you later." Yeah. My mom was like, "You will find your people here," because climbing was something that I got into over my gap year that like really kept me going and yeah. like was so therapeutic for me. It's so fun, and there's a great climbing community here. There's a great climbing community. So to find people on day one who are so inclusive. Um, but I think a favorite oh, a favorite memory of the two of us. I don't know. There's been a lot of random shenanigans. So <laughs> many shenanigans. But, like, in the best way possible. I think I so love. true? I honestly, I don't know that I can pinpoint a favorite memory, but I love just the late night chats of like yes. you and me and whoever else wants to join. So true. Like Allie led a meditation and journaling night the other night and it was so so grounding that and did so occur. nice. <laughs> it was so great. But just like the late night chats we all have and I feel like I can, you know, really tell you anything and I hope you feel the same way. Oh my gosh, absolutely. It's just been uh really refreshing. I yeah. Think. Yeah, I'm just like, for me, I really, really appreciate how you are so down to do anything with me, or like, if I need anything, I know you will be there, and you just... You with boundaries. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we're, we're, we're so good about boundaries. We're so good about boundaries. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, um, basically, I'm just super, super grateful to have a friend who I know will be there if I yeah. need anything. Like, you always check in on me, yeah. and... That means a lot. Like, way more than you know. Thank you. And, I mean, same goes for you. Like, had some things happen this term where I'm like, oh, not feeling so hot. And I'll come back to my room. And there's, like, stolen dining hall food and, like, a note from <laughs> Allie, which is, like, the sweetest thing. Like, love you, babe. Like, yeah. checking in. Here's some, like, assortment of cereals and fruit. <laughs> you gotta work with what you have, honestly. I did get yelled at um, at the dining hall a few times. For such behavior, but I mean, it's fine. It is what it is. It totally is what it is. You gotta I'm give like, the people what they want. Yeah. Um, my roommate and I are are very wanted in the dining hall. Yes. But it's fine. Foco criminals. 
on that note, before we incriminate ourselves anymore, is there anything else that you would like to share with the podcast? Mm, I don't think so. Just that I'm really grateful for everyone I met here, everyone who has helped me get here, and I'm really excited for what's to come and how much I've been able to, like, live in the moment and take advantage of the opportunities here with the people here, and I'm super excited for what's to come. Amazing! Would you like to plug yourself so people can find out more about you or DM you if you have any questions? Oh my god, of course. Um, Sarah underscore Usher on Instagram, I believe, so and Sarah dot Usher on Snap. Yeah. She's single. S-A-R-A. U-S-H-E-R. <laughs> so good. Well, um, on that note, if you have anyone that you would like to see on the podcast, please do not hesitate to reach out and nominate them. I will reach out to them. No questions asked. But for now, Sarah, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Attract and Energize podcast. I'm so grateful that you took this time to chat and reflect with me. For more of my content, feel free to check out my personal Instagram at allieb.03, that's A-L-I-B dot zero three, or my food account, which is at veg underscore alley underscore, that's V-E-G underscore A-L-I underscore. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review and share my podcast with your friends, family, and social media accounts so that more people can join our positive and and inspired community. I hope that you have a great rest of your week, and I'll chat to you soon with another episode of Attract and Energize next time.